Welcome to season two of my podcast show, Heading to the Holy Land, how to prepare, plan, and pray for a life-changing journey. Everything you need to know to bring your group to Israel. But where do you start? What do you need to know? What must you do and when and how? Heading to the Holy Land podcast lays it all out for you simply and clearly, step by step. This podcast will equip you with all the practical information to enjoy a landmark journey of faith and heart. We will talk about everything you need to know. We will talk about financial planning, travel pointers, important legal matters, what to wear, ethical and even cross-cultural considerations, and many, many more things. Drawing on decades of my experience as a professional tour guide, in Israel, I will answer all your questions, even the ones you might not think to ask. Welcome everyone, heading to the Holy Land. I will give you general information about Israel, and we will start with location. Israel is located in the Middle East, along the eastern coastal line of the Mediterranean Sea, bordered by Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Egypt. It lies at the junction of three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Little bit about geography. Long and narrow in shape, the country is about 290 miles or 470 kilometers in length and 85 miles or 135 kilometers in width at its widest point. So it's a very small country smaller even than New Jersey, or the size of Wales. Although small in size, Israel have so much topographical features of an entire continent, ranging from forest highlands to fertile green valleys, to mountains, snow, and desert, a lot of heat. Approximately half of the country's land area is semi-arid. Let us now talk about the different religions in the land. You have to understand that the Holy Land is the center of the world's three great monolithic faiths. The promised land of milk and honey to the Jews. For Christians is the scene of Christ, ministry, crucifixion and resurrection. And to the Muslims, the site of the Prophet Muhammad, night ascent to heaven up from the area of the Dome of the Rock, in the heart of Jerusalem. So it's a mosaic of religions, all intertwined together in one location. This is where history started, and Jerusalem is where history will end. Now we're going to talk about climate. Israel's climate is characterized by much sunshine with a rainy season from November to April. And actually, the only normal thing in Israel and the Holy Land is the weather. We have seasons. So the rainy season from November to April. And we have an annual precipitation, ranges from 20 to 30 inches, or from 50 to 70 centimeters in the north, to about 2.5 centimeters, or one inch in the far south. Regional climatic conditions vary in a variety of ways. 
we can have hot, humid summers, and we can have mild, wet winters on the coastal plain. Dry, warm summers and moderate cold winters. Not much snow, despite it snowed in Jerusalem a few days ago, but it was like half an inch, maybe one centimeter, at most two, but it rained after that and the snow disappeared. So, in the hill country, like in Jerusalem, it's 850 meters above sea level. This is where snow can happen. Now, in summer, it's very hot and dry, especially in the desert and the Jordan Valley, and semi-arid conditions with warm to hot days and cool nights in the south. Let us talk now about flora and fauna. You have to understand that in Israel, there are over 500 kinds of birds, some 200 mammals and reptiles species, and around 2,600 plant types, 150 of which are endemic to Israel, are found within its borders. So much varieties. And we have over 150 natural reserves and 65 national parks. Nearly 400 square miles or 1,000 square kilometers have been established throughout the country. It's so diverse. Let us now talk about the population. Israel is a country of immigrations. Now we are 9.2 million inhabitants, comprised of a mosaic of people with varied ethnic backgrounds, lifestyles, religions, cultures, and traditions. Jews comprise today around 75% of the country's population. Why the country's non-Jewish citizens, mostly Arabs, numbers around 25%. Lifestyle. About 92% of Israeli inhabitants live in some 200 urban centers, some of which are located on ancient historical sites. And about 5% are members of unique rural cooperative settlements, the kibbutz and the moshav. Let me explain for you what is a kibbutz and what is a moshav? Kibbutz in Hebrew comes from the word kvutza, which is people gathered together. This is a unique form of collective community based on socialist ideology and the promotion of the Zionists' idea. Members of a kibbutz are usually a close-knit group with shared property, labor, and the provision for all the needs of its members. Moshav, a unique type of cooperative farmer's village invented in Israel in the early 1900s. The members of the Moshav enjoy relatively large economic autonomy while still benefiting from the communal assistance. So if they work hard, they get the income for them privately. But with the kibbutz, they share all the income. Let me share with you now about the four major cities in the land. Of course, number one important city is Jerusalem. It's Israel's capital, population almost one million, and it stood at the center of the Jewish people's national and spiritual life, since King David made it the capital of his kingdom some 3,000 years ago. 
Today it is a flourishing, vibrant metropolis, the seat of the government and Israel's largest city. You have to understand also Jerusalem is important for Muslims and it's also important for Christians. It's a diverse city and it's a religious city. So we have a saying that Jerusalem is a praying city. So everyone prays in Jerusalem. And in order to live in this city, because it's weird and it's religious, you have to have a calling on your life as a Christian or as a Muslim or as a Jew. While opposite is Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is half a million almost, which was founded in 1909 as the first Jewish city in modern times and is today the center of the country's industrial, commercial, financial, capital, and cultural life. Now, if you're modern and you're not religious, you live in Tel Aviv. And Tel Aviv is famous for being hyper and alive 24 hours. And the third city, major one, is Haifa. Haifa, the population is around 400,000, known as the coastal town since ancient times. It's a major Mediterranean seaport city and industrial and commercial center of North Israel. So they work hard in Haifa. So we have a saying, Jerusalem is a praying city, Tel Aviv is a dancing city, and Haifa is a working city. So when Haifa works, Tel Aviv dance, and Jerusalem prays for them. And today, the fourth major city is Beersheba. The population is around now 400,000, and named in the Bible as an encampment where the patriarchs, where Abraham lived. And today is the largest urban center in the south. It provides administrative, economic, health, education, and social services for the entire southern region of the Negev. Let me talk with you about the social welfare in Israel. The social services and the system is based on legislation which provides for workers protection and a broad range of national and community services, including care of the elderly, assistance for single parents, programs for children and youth, adoption agencies, as well as prevention and treatment of alcoholism and drug abuse. We have one of the top social welfare systems in the world. The National Insurance Institute in Israel provides all permanent residents, including non-citizens, with a broad range of benefits, including unemployment insurance, old age pensions, survivors benefits, maternity grants and allowances, child allowances, income support payments, and much, much more. Also, you have to understand that we have a very good national health insurance law. It was in effect in January 1995. Pro provides for a standardized basket of medical services. You only pay a certain amount of money each month and it includes everything. Hospitalization for all the residents of Israel, all medical services continue to be supplied by the country's healthcare organization. Life expectancy is 82 years for women and 78 years for men. The infant mortality rate 
is 4 per 1,000 births. The ratio of physicians to population and the number of specialists compare favorably with those in most developed countries. Israel is so much advanced in health and in startup nations. It's one of the top startup nations of the world. They just invent things and they sell them away. Like ways, they invented ways. They invented so much things related to agriculture, sensors you put in the ground to measure the amount of water the plantation is needed. So many startup inventions. There is a triangle that is taking place for startup nations between India, Bangalore, and Silicon Valley, and Israel. All the time connected seconds together. Let us talk about agriculture and water. Water is so much important. Number one important thing in Israel is water. And we have a big source of water, the Sea of Galilee. And the success of the agriculture is a result of a long struggle against harsh adverse conditions and of making maximum use of scarce water in arid land. Today, agriculture represents some 2.5% of the gross national product and 2.2% of exports. Israel produces 93% of its own food requirements, almost, almost self-sufficient, supplemented by imports of grain, oil seeds, meat, coffee, cacao, and sugar, which are more than offset by the wide range of agriculture products for export. Let us talk now about foreign trade. Trade is conducted with countries on six continents. Some 49% of imports and 33% of exports are with Europe, boosted by Israel's free trade agreement with the European Union. A similar agreement was signed with the United States in 1985 whose trade with Israel accounts for 12.4% of Israel imports and 38% of its exports. Now, as I told you, Israel is full of cultures. It's so diverse. With thousands of years of history, the ingathering of the Jews from over 70 countries, a society of multi-ethnic communities living side by side, and an unending flow of international input via satellites and cable have contributed to the development of an Israeli culture which reflects worldwide elements while striving for an identity of its own. Cultural expression through the arts is varied as the people themselves, with literature, theaters, concerts, radio and television programming, entertainment, museums, and galleries for every interest and taste, and especially in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Let me share with you more cultural information. People in the Middle East often greet each other with a kiss on the cheek, men to men and women to women, but rarely to the opposite gender unless they are family. 
purity is highly valued. While most Americans are accustomed to hugging, this is rare in the Holy Land. Public displays of affection in general may be different or even non-existent. In some areas, men and women do not socialize publicly. Making prolonged eye contact with someone from the opposite gender is even considered inappropriate. Languages. The official languages of the country are Hebrew and Arabic. But in the country's streets, many other languages can be heard. Hebrew, the language of the Bible, long restricted to liturgy and literature, was revived a century ago, accompanying the renewal of Jewish life in the land. Let us talk about food, the Israeli cuisine, which have the healthiest diet, the Mediterranean diet and the Mediterranean food. And it's so rich and it's so healthy and fresh. And that is a big part of the daily meals, salads, fresh food, vegetables, olive oil, hummus, tahini, and more. So it's all grown up naturally in the land. And due to religious dietary laws, such as the Jewish kosher laws and Muslims halal laws, pork is not common in Israel though it can still be found in more Christians' villages. Kosher laws also restrict combining meat and milk products in many restaurants and most hotels. Let us talk about shopping. It's really very modern. You can find luxurious malls, crowded and lively, and you can find like farmer markets, marketplaces in every major city. We recommend visiting the Machne Yehuda Farmer Market in Jerusalem for a local authentic shopping experience. We call it the Walmart of Jerusalem. They have everything there from coffee to fresh food to vegetables. Anything you think about, even to sweets, is so much there in the market. It's called Machne Yehuda. So if you are in Jerusalem, West Jerusalem, you have to go to that market. Also, Bethlehem, the city of Jesus' birth, also has many souvenir shops. You can find everything from gold jewelry sets to oil lamps to olive wood, statues and other artifacts. The bottom line, you can find anything you want. Let us talk more about sports. From skiing on Mount Hermon to scuba diving in the Red Sea, Israelis enjoy a variety of sports for hobbies as well as professions. Soccer, we call it football, just edges basketball as the most popular sport in Israel, with teams competing nationally as well as internationally. Most famous is the Maccabi Haifa and Bitar Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. When it comes to basketball, Maccabi Tel Aviv is very famous. And because the first Israeli to join the NBA, his name was Omri Kaspi. He is from Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball team. Israel also prides itself on its Olympic success and even hosts its own version called the Maccabiya Games for Jews from all over the world every four years. 
one of only seven worldwide competitions recognized by the International Olympic Committee. Let us talk a little bit about the Army, the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces. Founded in 1948, ranks among the most battle-tested armed forces in the world, having had to defend the country in six major wars. The IDF security objectives are to defend the sovereignty and territorial integrity of the State of Israel, deter all the enemies, and curb all forms of terrorism that threatens daily life. Now, there is a compulsory service. It's not voluntary. It's compulsory. All eligible men and women are drafted at age 18. Men serve for three years, women for two years. And by ending serving in the army, they get grants for their universities and higher education. There are new immigrants, may be differed or serve for shorter periods of time depending on their age and personal status on entering the country. There is reserve duty. Upon completion of the compulsory service, each soldier is assigned to a reserve unit and may serve up to the age of 51. And there is something called Hishtal Miyut, which means once a year or once every two years, it depends which, which department in the army you are, you have to go and for a month to refresh and to know what's happening and to learn new ways depends on what section you serve in. So this is in general some information about the land of Israel. I just in short try to touch different subjects, but this is very, very short version. Now I want to invite you to come to my website, walkingtheholyland.com. Again, let me repeat it, walkingtheholyland.com. And there we started online free Zoom lessons and teaching courses from your own home, from your own comfort. You can go to the website and scroll down and do RSVP and you're going to see the hours and the times and the date of each Zoom lesson. We are having so much success. Hundreds of people are joining our Zoom lessons. So if you hear this podcast, you go down to the details in your podcast. I will put all the links for these Zoom lessons. And please tell more people about it because our vision to reach more people and teaching them about the land of the Bible, about the Holy Land, about the promised land. Thank you for your time and God bless your hearts.